The first reading is Matthew 10, verse 8. Heal those who are ill, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And the second is from 1 John 2, verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Amen. Hello. Today is not um, Today is not April the 1st. This week I found out that there was an insect called the thermometer cricket. If you count the number of chirps it does in 15 seconds and add that number to 40, you get an almost well sort of accurate um, temperature in Fahrenheit of that current situation you're in. Isn't that bonkers that a, that, a, that a cricket can actually sort of tell and give you an idea of what the temperature is? I mean, just think what this is going to mean to us in our world today, where plastics are a bit of a no-no. So we're going to go eco-friendly with thermometers of the crickets. <coughs> now, there are going to be some problems with this. You can imagine some parents who've got a very stressed child called Jiminy, and they're trying to get this cricket on their forehead to say, we're going to try to get your temperature down. Or just think what hospitals are going to be like. Where you go into hospitals and they do all their obs to you, and they come in, and they come in with all these crickets chirping away. Can you just imagine? They're all chirping away. And they're just saying, John, please be still. I've got to get this cricket into your ear. And then can you imagine? They've got to count accurately those chirps in those first 15 seconds. I mean, what happens if they overcount? This poor person is nearly having, you know, in massive fever all of a sudden. Or they undercount, and this poor person now, well, there's no signs of life. And then can you imagine they've got a ward full of all these chirping crickets? I wonder whether, you know, when you go into hospital, you have that clamp they put on for oxygen levels. I wonder whether there's an oxygen level crab somewhere. Bonkers. Absolute bonkers. It is true, by the way. That's why I said it wasn't April the 1st. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way as he walked. I love looking at maps. I mean, consider this one here. This is a... Um, little XT40 map, Harvey's brilliant walk map for walkers, runners, scale 1 to 40,000. What's not to like about that? I mean, you know, you picture the terrain. You start to identify, you know, features. You sort of plan walks or you remember old walks. I mean, maps are just amazing things. There was a film some years ago um, which didn't do anything for me because I struggled with reality at the time called The Matrix. And um, Morpheus says in that film, he says, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. There's a difference in knowing the path and walking the path. You know, I can plan my routes, 
But I still have to walk the walk. I still have to walk the walk. Uh, and we're continuing our series, actually, of looking, um, walking in the way that, that Jesus walked. And those three parts that we were given, the three aspects, like know the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Uh, secondly, we talked about walking in Jesus' ways, the rhythms and practices of life. And thirdly, sharing the way, how we can show and share Christ to others. Christianity is not true because it works. It works because it is true. In Christ is the only way to live and is the only way to die. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, apart from the way, there's no going to God. Apart from the truth, there is no knowing God. Apart from the life, there is no living life, living today. And we're called to walk as Jesus did. We're called to, to walk in his love. We're called to, to walk in his power. And Jesus' ministry is bookended by two commands. At the beginning of the ministry, he says, follow me. Follow me. And then at the end of the ministry, just before the ascension, he says, go for me. Go for me. Follow me. Go for me. It's like a workout here today. And at first glance, we think, well, that's what all it is. Follow me, he says. And then he says, go for me. But actually, there are three other things that just come in between those two bookends. There's copy me. There's wait for me. And there's receive from me. So the journey of a disciple is to be someone who follows, copies, waits, receives, and goes. So let me unpack that progression. So follow me. Well, that's the call. That's the invitation that he said to his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And Christianity, of course, is about presence. Not shiny wrapped presence, but the presence of God. Moses the Lord's saying to Moses in Exodus 33, my presence will go with you. And one of the amazing privileges that God um, gives us at the time we become Christians is the privilege of adoption. By an act of God, we are made members of his family. And four consequences flow from this privilege. Firstly, we live with God as Father. Secondly, we live with others in the family. Thirdly, we live with Christ as our elder brother. And finally, we live as heirs. And Jesus came and he revealed the heart of God. He, he manifested the power of God and he demonstrated again and again the love of God. All these are family characteristics Follow me. Secondly, copy me. Copy me. He passed his ministry on to others, to the apostles. Clearly, he passed that on. We can see that again in, in, in numerous chapters. Mark 1, for example, 
Matthew 10, eight, uh, Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 9. And of course, his, meth- his, his method of doing it was, I do it uh, and you watch. Um, I do it and you help me. Um, I watch, you do it and I watch, and then you go and do it by yourselves. Get on with it. And to the other disciples, of course, not only the 12, to the 72, he sends those out. And what's exciting about it in Luke chapter 10 to the 72 is they're given exactly the same instructions as the 12. And we're told that he was thrilled. In fact, the aspect he gave of thrilling, of being thrilled, was that he brought in all the Trinity at that point. In the Spirit, to the Father, Jesus saying, I'm thrilled because my church is doing my ministry. And then after the resurrection, after the ascension, disciples who came then and subsequently, he says at the end of Matthew 28, go and make disciples, teaching, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. So how did he do his ministry? Firstly, it's through his relationship with his father. At his baptism. At his baptism, where his sonship was affirmed. And Luke in chapter 3 says this He says, And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. With you I am well pleased. And John, uh, sorry, Jesus in John 5 says these words He says, Truly, I truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord. What only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. You know, when we were baptized into Christ, we're given Jesus' um, uh, relationship, we're given Jesus' standing, we're given Jesus' righteousness, we're given Jesus' inheritance in the Father's sight. And I often wonder why Luke gave us um, a, con- a sequence of four chapters that follow each other. Why is Luke 8 followed by Luke 9, followed by Luke 10, followed by Luke 11? Because Luke 8, Jesus is clearly showing them in verse 1 what the ministry is about. Proclaiming, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Luke 9, he sends the 12 out. This is the A team, the guys who shared life. And then then Luke 10, he sends the 72 out. Now, there's something slightly strange here. Okay, he's just increased the ministry team. So we've now got a ministry team of 84. But why did he send the 72 out? Because in chapter 9, of course, we have the transfiguration with Peter, James and John and Jesus, and Moses and Elijah, incidentally. Um, but we also have in chapter 9 where that father's desperate for his son to be healed. And the 12 can't do it. They can't heal him. And to those 12, Jesus says, you perverse and wicked generation. Harsh words to those who shared life with him. And so he sends the 72 out. And I suspect the reason why 8-1 is followed by 9-1, is followed by 10-1, is followed by 11-1, is that in chapter 11, the 12 go to Jesus. And they say to him, there's something more about this ministry that you're calling us to, which requires something deeper, and that's when he teaches them the kingdom prayer. The Father's Prayer. To be a copier of Jesus, copy me. To be an imitator of Jesus is to be sure of our standing as a daughter, 
as a son of the Father. Hence the teaching on the Lord's Prayer, the Father's Prayer, the Kingdom Prayer. Also, Jesus ministered like this because of his purity of heart. He had that very close relationship with the Father. And in one of the Beatitudes in, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The importance of wanting to minister, to know the Father, to minister the Father's business, because of, we're in that place of purity. And of course, he also ministers through being anointed by the Spirit at his baptism, but also through the use of spiritual gifts. Follow me. Copy me. What about the other two? Wait for me. Receive from me. In John 14, uh, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will be, will, will be done, because I'm going to the Father. I, I, I love John's gospel. It's just a wonderful gospel. But I also happen to love Luke Acts. Luke Acts is an extraordinary account. It's the account of Jesus' ministry before his ascension, and then obviously the account of his ministry after the ascension through his disciples, through the early church. And um, in Acts chapter 1, we have this little phrase, two verses. Um, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Judah, Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The promise of the Father. You know, there are so many promises in Scripture. There are so many promises in Scripture. But there is only one promise of the Father. Only one promise of the Father as a phrase. I think that's quite important. I think Jesus is saying this is really quite important. That you will wait. You will wait. And something's going to happen. The promise, the promise of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the receive for me. We go back to the end of Luke's gospel this time. And here Jesus says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father. Same thing, one promise, two references upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. Clothed with power. Clothes with power. You know, clothes often give form of identity and all that stuff like that. Teenagers are individuals who want to be different but clothe themselves exactly the same. But they have all these ways that we clothe ourselves. But it's clothed with power. And you look through the Acts of the Apostles and you see signs and wonders again and again and again. And as they, as they preached the gospel, the church grew. Paul was able to write to the church in Corinth in chapter 2 of his first letter. He said this, And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And then the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 2 said this, While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. The word was preached, and the power of God was present, and the church grew. So to walk 
to walk in the way of Jesus is to be clothed with power. To walk in the way of Jesus is to follow him, copy him, wait for him, receive from him, and then go for him. Now, the wait for me bit in the Gospels was necessary because obviously Jesus had not yet ascended to his Father in heaven. And, and therefore, the Holy Spirit had yet to be given. That was to take place um, some weeks later at Pentecost. And today, of course, we live on earth as a people indwelt, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. But our experiences show us, show us too, too often, right in our faces, that actually we still need a, a filling of the Spirit. We still need that, that touch, that filling of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we don't have to wait because we have it already, the Spirit already in us, but we still need that filling, that touch of the Spirit today. And so for us, the progression is simply this. Follow me, copy me, receive me, and go for me. Follow me, copy me, receive me, receive from me, and go for me. I don't know whether you're one of those people who like to sit at the end of a film and go through all the credits. I mean, who on earth is the best boy? I mean, why isn't there a best girl? And then somewhere buried in all that stuff, there might be a thing, someone called a gopher. I mean, sound studios and film studios do have gophers. I mean, they are the lowest of the low. I mean, their whole job is to do errands. They go on errands. They go and fetch food. They're called gophers for that reason. The call to follow Jesus is to be a gopher for Jesus. We're not doing it just for anyone. We're not just doing it for those above us in a, in, a, in a hierarchical chain up to the top dog. We're doing it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's a great thing to have on us. I'm a gopher for Christ. So how do we apply this? How can we just start saying, yes, Lord? Well, I, I want to say um, it's important that we know, that we're certain, that we're sure of our relationship with the Father. Know that you are a very, very special beloved daughter. That you're a very, very special beloved son. Find more and more of your security in your Father and a relationship with your Father. Some of you may be familiar with um, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, first letter, chapter, chapter 1. Uh, and he has this little, little thing he throws in at, at the beginning. He says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Archaea, but your faith in God has gone everywhere, so that we need not say anything. It's interesting. That phrase uh, in the English, sounded forth, in the Greek, means echoed, echoed. It's like, I've said this, I think, before, actually. It's like you, you turn on your, your radio, and you've got an FM radio. I know it's a bit, a bit sort of antiquated now, but you've got an FM radio. 
the hiss you get between the stations is an echo of the Big Bang. It's an echo of the creation. All those millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of, of time coming down from the moment of creation, that hiss still represents some sound from that event. So there's an echo of creation in the hiss on your radio. And every time we speak the word of Jesus, or we exercise the works of Jesus, we are echoing his ministry. We're echoing his ministry. To follow, to copy, to receive, to go, is that we are echoing all he came to say and to do. Now if you take that word echo, E-C-H-O, E-C-H-O. The E, well, let's, just, let's, let's God, ask God to just increase our expectancy. Father, I need to be more expectant. Please grow, increase my faith that I can be used by you. That what I say and what I do will echo the ministry of Jesus because I'm a gopher for him. The C of echo See, Jesus ministered again and again and again out of compassion. Out of compassion. It is the compassion of God that will break cold, hard, cold hearts. It is the compassion of God that will see society change. It will see, it's the compassion of God that will transform broken lives. And so the sea then is saying, Father, please, please increase in me such a compassion for those that you know, that you see, that live amongst me, that in my workplace or in my family or my friends or even in my street or wherever. The H of echo. It's about God longs to speak. And so it's hearing him, hearing him, hearing him. Father, do I have your permission to say this? What are you saying to this person? Do I have your permission to pray for this person? What are you saying in this situation? And the O, of course, is obedience. Lord, cause me to step out in obedience, to go for it, to take a risk. Expectancy, compassion, hearing, obeying. I think, actually, if, we're to, if, if we are to be more a people who walk as Jesus walked, I think it requires us to live uh, three ways. I think it requires us to live intentionally. I mean, do we miss things because we don't look? Do we miss things because we don't expect God to speak? Do we miss things because we're not even aware that God's already doing something in that person's life, but we are not seeing it? Secondly, I think God's calling us to live influentially. There's that extraordinary little passage in, in Isaiah chapter 60 where um, it talks about arise, shine. I'm afraid I was, you know, um, was that Graham Kendrick song, Shine, Jesus, Shine? Um, I always used to drive me up the wall, but never mind. Um, but we heard it millions of times, of course. That's why it used to drive us up the wall, but... Um, Arise, shine. I mean, what's that saying? We are to be people who influence where we live. 
where we work, where we relax. And thirdly, intentionally, in, uh, influentially, but thirdly, living inspirationally. If we take that uh, amazing incident in the Gospels, when Jesus was walking on the lake and he called Peter to him, Peter got out of the boat and went to some place where no one has ever gone before. And he moved towards Jesus. He, he focused on Jesus. And I think that's a great thing for us, to, to become a people that live inspirationally. In other words, to be inspired like Peter, to respond to the invitation of Jesus, to follow me, to copy me, to receive from me, to go for me, to respond to that invitation. Yes, actually it's a command as well, but nevertheless, still, come, 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 come. To step out and take risks, to move towards Jesus and his word and his works. Frank Desenzo, who co-wrote or co-edited a book with Bill Johnson called Amazed by the Power of God, he said these words. God wants his children to catch the vision of moving in his power to change others' lives and to tell all people that he is in love with them. God wants his children to catch the vision of moving in his power to change others' lives and to tell all people that he's in love with them. Jesus, today, today, let me be your gopher. Let me catch the vision of you moving, moving in power to change lives, to transform lives, to heal lives, to set lives free. Lord, today may I be your gopher as I share your amazing love your compassionate love with others. Thank you, Lord. Believe the, uh, <coughs> believe the Lord has um, sort of pointed out, as it were, a, a number of areas that we can respond to. It's worth repeating, and it's worth coming forward and, and, and laying hold of what this is about. Firstly, it's about making sure that I'm, I know the Father's love, making sure that I am a daughter, I am a son of the Father, I am an adopted child of the family. Nothing, 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 nothing can ever take us away from that. So if you're unsure about that relationship with God as Father and you want more security in that, then I want to encourage you to step forward and for, for some ministry uh, shortly. Secondly, 
But Lord wants to really, really release intention upon us. To really let us be free in intention. Uh, to be touched and filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. Um, to be intentional for Jesus. To, to be bold. To be risk takers. To be gophers for Christ. And if any of that's you, that where you are, you're longing for greater courage and confidence in what you say. Pressing through to those places where you are seeing lives transformed, people healed. Yes, the dead raised. Demons cast out. Lives transformed in the kingdom, for the kingdom. And thirdly, um, it's about influence about those who are in places of influence today. We've already prayed about um, those in the, in the health service. We need to pray for the health service, pray for our nation, for our country. In Acts chapter 14, we read these words. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. You see, the amazing thing about doing the words, saying the words and doing the works of Jesus, is that it is all about God's doing and opening. It's all about God doing and opening. So let's stand. And if the, if the um, Bush band can come back, please. So let's just um, just welcome the Spirit. If you just want to play. Father, in the name of Jesus, um, pour out your Spirit now. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of your Son, pour out your Holy Spirit now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you'll just start to give us a vision, a vision of your power at work in our lives and in others' lives. Father, I pray that you'll just give us such a, an overwhelming experience and measure of your love, of your compassion. We welcome you here, Father. We welcome you, Spirit. We welcome you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you that you've called us to follow you. Thank you that you've said to us, copy me. Thank you, you've said to us, receive from me. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be clothed with power from on high. And thank you that you've told us to go for you. So I want to invite you just to respond, to come forward. And in the new scheme of things, we'll pray for you. The Spirit can touch without actually having someone else putting their hands on you. 
to be sure of your relationship with the Father, that I'm secure. I am a beloved daughter. I'm a beloved son. That Lord wants to give intentionality, boldness, and confidence to step out. And for those that are on influence, position influences, we want to pray for you, to bless you, that actually you will see amazing things as door, as God opens doors for you. So let's just respond as the worship band will just play. Just uh, let's just, just just spend time now as we respond to the spirit as He calls you, touches you to respond.